the good to great companies faced as much adversity as the comparisons. It was how they responded that was different. They confronted the facts head on, focused on the few things that would have the greatest impact and emerged from adversity stronger. When you start with an honest effort to find the truth, the right decisions often become self-evident. Not always, but often. Even if all decisions don't become self-evident, one thing is certain. It's impossible to make good decisions without confronting the facts. This is why every company that went from good to great created a culture where people and ultimately the truth could be heard. They operated on both sides of the Stockdale paradox, retaining absolute faith that they could and would prevail in the end, regardless of difficulties, while confronting the facts of their reality. Good to great companies didn't have a perfect record, but on the whole, they made more good decisions than bad ones, and on the really big choices, they were remarkably right. This begs the question, were Jim and his team merely studying a set of companies that stumbled upon the right decisions? Or was there something distinctive about their process that increased the likelihood of being right? It turns out there was. The good to great companies confronted the facts of their reality, and the comparison companies generally did not. This leads to the next finding. Strong, charismatic leaders can all too easily become the de facto reality driving a company. The comparison companies often had leaders who led with such force that people worried more about what they thought than reality and what it could do to the company. This is why less charismatic leaders often produce better long-term results. If you have a strong, charismatic personality, understand that charisma can be as much of a liability as an asset. Your strength of personality can cause people to hide the facts from you. You can overcome this, but it does require conscious effort. You might be wondering, how do you motivate people to confront the facts? Doesn't motivation flow from a compelling vision? The answer is surprisingly no. Not because vision is unimportant, but because expending energy trying to motivate people is a waste of time. If you have the right people, they will be self-motivated. The key is not to demotivate them. And one of the primary ways to do this is by ignoring reality. Yes, leadership involves vision, but it's equally about creating an environment where the truth can be heard and acted on. This involves four practices. Leading with questions, not answers, engaging in dialogue, not coercion, conducting autopsies without blame, and building red flag mechanisms. Resist the urge to provide the answer. Instead, operate in a Socratic style and use questions to gain understanding. Keep asking questions until you have a clear picture of reality and its implications. Never use questions as a form of manipulation or a way to blame or put down others. Spend the bulk of your time just trying to understand. Start with questions like, what's on your mind? Can you tell me about that? Can you help me understand? And what should we be worried about? Open-ended questions tend to bubble current realities to the surface. The good to great leaders often played the role of a Socratic moderator in a series of raging debates. People would scream, argue, and fight, then emerge with a conclusion. In the words of Jeff Bezos, they would disagree and commit. 
Nearly all the good to great executives described climates where the company's strategy evolved through arguments and fights. Phrases like loud debate, heated discussions, and healthy conflict were common. Discussions weren't a sham process to let people have their say so they would buy into a predetermined decision. Discussions were how they found the right answers. Good to great companies spent hundreds, if not thousands of people hours analysing mistakes, but no one pointed fingers. Unless it was the CEO standing in front of the mirror blaming themselves. This is contrarian in an era where leaders go to great lengths to preserve their image and step forth to claim credit for how visionary they are, while blaming others when their decisions go awry. By conducting autopsies without blame, you can create a climate where the truth can be heard, and if you have the right people, you shouldn't need to assign blame anyway. Focus on understanding and learning from mistakes. More information is supposed to be an advantage, but if you look across the rise and fall of organizations, you rarely find companies stumbling because they lack information. There was no evidence that the good to great companies had more or better information than the comparisons. Both sets had virtually identical access to information. The key is not better information, but making sure that information cannot be ignored. One particularly powerful way to accomplish this is through red flag mechanisms. One example is to tell customers to not pay if they aren't satisfied for any reason without the need to return the product. This works because it creates hard to ignore feedback. The good to great companies faced just as much adversity as the comparison companies, but how they responded was different. On the one hand, they stoically accepted reality. On the other, they maintained an unwavering faith in the end game and a commitment to prevail as a great company, despite reality. Jim and his team came to call this duality the Stockdale Paradox, named after Admiral Jim Stockdale, the highest-ranking US military officer in the Hanoi Hilton, prisoner of war camp between 1965 and 1973. Stockdale lived out the war without any rights, no set release date, and no certainty as to whether he would even survive to see his family again. When Jim asked Stockdale how he dealt with it, he said, I never doubted not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining event of my life, which in retrospect I would not trade. This sounds optimistic, but when Stockdale was asked who didn't make it out, he said, oh, that's easy, the optimists. They were the ones who said we're going to be out by Christmas, and Christmas would come, and Christmas would go. Then they said we're going to be out by Easter, and Easter would come, and Easter would go and then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again, and then they died of a broken heart. What separates people and companies is not the presence or absence of difficulty, but how they deal with it. If you adopt this dual pattern, you dramatically increase the odds of making a series of good decisions, and ultimately, discovering a simple yet insightful concept for making the really big choices.